Tonight, and this is your host for Discussions of Truth, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Becomes increasingly common, people use the term woke. Hey, are you woke? Are you awake? What does that mean to you? What does, I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean? One thing is interesting is that before Donald Trump took the White House, fake news didn't seem, at least from my perspective, my kind of reality of world, didn't seem a very commonplace. And now it's incredibly common. In so much that if you are observant and observe what goes on in your news, uh, it would just seem to kind of blow you away. At least it does with me. Blows me, blows me right out of my seat. Right? Uh, anyway. Yeah, fake news. E- 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 news on any mainstream outlet from my perspective, uh, seems totally fake, if you will. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that mass shootings aren't happening and people aren't dying. Yes, people are dying. Uh, I'm not, some of this news is you know, very serious and very real, but Jussie Smollett, did I pronounce that name right? Was it 16 counts? Totally acquitted? Dropped charges? If that's not fake to you, then I... Smell, smell, smell the roses. See if that'll wake you up. Okay, so a different perspective on what fake may actually mean. Um, Fake news. Now, I, I, I don't even really bother with... CNN, NBC, you know, the main uh, mega the impeach mass media. Go, go to impeachmassmedia.com or stop mass media. It takes you to the same place. Stop mass media, impeachmassmedia.com, either one. Go there. You've got a graph out of a firm in Switzerland that clearly dis- depicts how the United States media empire and this is their terminology, is becoming and has become over the last few decades. I'm going to use a monopoly. It's basically what's, what's happening. You've got 80 different companies uh, 30 years ago that controlled all the major media outlets down 2019 to about six. That does that not alarm you? If it doesn't, you need to listen to more of my episodes and listen to the message that the guest that I bring on to this program, Discussion of Truth, airing every Wednesday, 5 o'clock, right here on Winwood Radio. Discussions of Truth. What is the truth? That's up to you to decide. But if you leave it up to six-term member of the U.S. House of Representatives, Cynthia McKinney, she's going to tell you that the U.S. financial system is completely backwards and manipulated 
Manipulation, monopoly, do they go hand in hand for you? Do they go hand in hand? Is there, is there any coincidence that the Rockefeller Foundation donated the land that the UN stands on? Any coincidence there? Oh, you think the Rockefellers just, just we're just going to donate, what is it, two acres? I don't know what it sits on, 10 acres? We're just going to donate, let's say it's 10 acres. We're going to donate 10 acres of most prime real estate in the, in the in continental United States, in Manhattan, financial, New York financial, where you're just going to donate that to the, to the, to the, to the, to the betterment of, 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 of global, of glo- global peace? No, oh, but we're going to make sure that all the inhabitants of this planet remain slaves to the oil industry. Look deep. Look deep. That's 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 only that's my only message. If you if 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 you do listen to my program and you have listened to some of the previous guests, I, I think I think former CIA Ray McGovern on this show, Ian. Programs like yours are the last hope. The last hope. Paul Craig Roberts. Leading economist under the Reagan administration. Former fellow at Stanford and Oxford. Ian, you have no... The Americans have no constitutional rights. Have no constitutional rights. Censorship? Look, I consider myself very fortunate to be able to speak to you as I wish from this platform here. Okay? And the reason this program has been fortunate to receive the guests that it has and continues to is because the guests understand the urgency that you be provided with the information that they possess and obtain. Next month, we will be opening with Dennis Bushnell. That'll be next Wednesday, April 3rd. Dennis Bushnell will be talking about climate change. Who is Dennis? You need to know. I think you need to know. And I appreciate you listening. Dennis Bushnell is the chief scientist at the NASA Institute in Langley, Virginia. And he will be talking about lessening our dependency on Oil. Yes, I pump gas into my car today. As I frequently do. And I'm guessing if you own a vehicle, you do as well. Unless you own a Tesla. Or some other vehicle that is either operated by your feet and legs or by batteries. That's how we will be opening the month. Next month, with Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist in NASA Langley. The following week, we will be very fortunate to receive On Discussions of Truth, Winwood Radio, who many consider a leader in the arena of alternative thought. 
Look, right, Paul Hellier, 95 years old, the oldest member of the Privy Council in Canada. Been a politician basically all his life up there in Canada, in Toronto. Thereabouts. Only Prince Philip's. Only Prince Philip. Only Prince Philip comes close to his tenure. Uh, Paul Hellier has a longer tenure. Yes. And he spoke about what he knows in regards to extraterrestrial influence. And he says it's very real. You're going to question that? He's a former Minister of Defense for Canada. He's seen documents that if you're like me, you certainly have not been exposed to. Uh, Okay, so, David Icke, April 10th, will be talking about alternative thought, if you will. A different way of approaching your day-to-day. And why is that important? Because you are a human being. You have your own voice. What makes anybody like you, another human being, more powerful than you? And that's the umbrella of the beauty of the United States of America, the Constitution that it sits on, isn't it? That all men, women, all persons are created equal, right? That's the beauty, supposedly. That's the beauty. And certainly people like Martin Luther King have done their darndest and sacrificed their life to make sure that you enjoy, and me, and all, if you're in the United States, and, 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 and even extending those borders, enjoy the fruits of a government based on that. Because, yes, we are all human beings. Okay? So, alternative thought might help you in your approach to living your day by day to make the world a better place. Without donating land for the UN to sit on, but yet we're going to continue to control the way people live their life and, and get to work on a daily basis. That makes sense. I hope it does. I think it should. If it doesn't, give it a thought again. And coming on after David, the program will be very fortunate to receive a discussion on something called the zygote. Curtis Kallenbach will explain maritime law. There's a difference between common law and maritime law. And it's very important in that concept of understanding alternative ways of thinking. Because remember, when I started opening, I opened this show by talking about fake news, didn't I? I opened this program by talking about fake news. And I related that to having, what was it, 16 felony accounts? Completely dropped. Unless I'm mistaken, that's what I understand. Okay. I didn't look too much into that story. I didn't really know what it's all about, but I just know that that sounds fake to me. Not, not, that, those, not, not that the accounts were not dropped, but that the, count, the accounts, or excuse me, that the accounts were dropped. That sounds fake to me. Like somebody got bought off that shouldn't have. That's where I have a problem. That's called corruption. 
And that's why I open each show with Seek and Destroy by Metallica because that's what I aim to do is seek out corruption on whatever level it may be. Whether it's political or it's corporate, seek it out to destroy it. And everything is based off of, type it into your browser, bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash Capital, 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 capital. That's four capitals of Z-I-K-A, Zika, in Miami Beach. Capital M, capital B. That's what this program is based off of. That's what it's based off of. And yes, there's a Rockefeller tie. Listen to my past episode. I explained it all. Please do. And heading into May. Heading into May, we'll be joined by five-time Emmy Award winner, John Barber. And he will present. Well, let me first say this. Let me, let me, let me, let me first... Let me first say this. John is the only TV personality to win Emmys for both his entertainment skills and also his news and researching skills. Okay? He's the only person to win Emmys for both of those. He incepted television's first reality show called Real People as a creator and co-producer back in 1979. John happens to be a high school dropout. At the age of 15, and he was deported from his home country of Canada at 17. And he won his first Emmy as host of a controversial talk show called AMLA. That was a 1970 hit where he interviewed anti-war activists. Who likes war? If Anyway, anti-war activists. I don't think anybody does. Anti-war activists like Muhammad Ali, Cesar Chavez, and Jane Fonda. Barber's known for his association to The Gong Show, Sanford and Son, Liars Club, and KNXT, KCBS, that is. His successful career in Hollywood additionally encompassed a stint as being Frank Sinatra's personal writer and time as a stand-up comedian, working alongside Richard Pryor and Robin Williams. He's been on the Dean Martin Show and The Tonight Show, and he'll join the program to talk about his recent book, which is based off his 1992 documentary. A year after Oliver Stone released his JFK film, John released the Jim Garrison tapes. Kevin Costner played Jim Garrison in that Oliver Stone hit that was a year prior to what Barber's John released. And it goes into Jim, the former Orleans Parish, that's Louisiana District Attorney, investigating the Warren Commission. Hmm. Yes, we still do not know exactly if, for sure, Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone assassin and conspired to take out one of the most beloved presidents of this country ever, JFK, on his own. Many believe he wasn't. He didn't. Was he even the killer? There are thousands upon thousands of documents that are still unreleased. So the question is, why? What will we get from the Garrison tapes? That'll be May 1st. As always, we're bringing you another incredible guest. Anton Chaikin, author, historian, and political activist, join us in a few moments. He's a founder of the Lyndon LaRoche Movement. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Contribute 50 bucks to the show, and I'll send you out a high-quality cotton T-shirt that says, 
impeach mass media. I will be right back, leave you with a little bit of Metallica, and until I do return, enjoy. prison, which is in Georgia, and they have three prisons there. In 1992, they built a new prison in in, uh, South Carolina, and it was called Estill, South Carolina. They had three prisons there, and from there I went to uh, Edgefield Prison, which which is in further up in South Carolina, in the northwestern side near Augusta, Georgia. And I also go into Coleman, which is, um, and I have a good friend there called Leonard, Leonard Palatier. Yes, he's quite a... Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a political prisoner. uh, How long has he been in in prison there? He's he's been in prison uh, this year, makes 40 years. Oh my goodness. And um, a lot of people have tried to get him out. Uh, President Clinton, uh, um, Mandela, Desmond Tutu, Mother Teresa, and a lot of people because they're not even sure of his charges. And I guess it seems like they're, they're using him for a catch-all because when um, he got away to Canada, the rest of the group was pardoned on an act of war. But when they uh, got him a year later, a year and a half later, they um, charged him with everything that was left over. So, um, so I don't know. They, they have a lot written about it, and you, you could find out more about it if you're interested. His name is... Leonard Palatier and uh, Indian country is Okay, and as always, threading back in with Metallica, we have with us today Anton Chaikin. Anton, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's uh, wonderful to have you join Discussions of Truth. Uh, Anton, for listeners, uh, would you uh, give us a little bit of an intro? Uh, you are a f- the founder, or if not the founder, of the Lyndon LaRouche movement. Uh, give us a little bit of background on, 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 on you, would you please? Yeah, I, uh, I met LaRouche back in 1966, and a group of us were at a class of his uh, where he said that the, uh, the this is right after the Kennedy assassination. Interesting. And he said that the bankers in New York and London were changing the strategy of the United States to uh, ha- bring on austerity and loot the underdeveloped countries. And if we didn't stop them and go back to the strategy America had before of building up industry and better living standards, then it could result in a catastrophe for civilization and fascism. So we we decided at that point to start a group that could look into 
what was going on and what had happened historically different from what's taught in school. Uh, and we did that. Okay. Uh, and I, uh, back in about 1982, after the, our group had set up publishing and uh, a lot of research facilities and uh, had connections to, to people in governments and, and uh, military and science around different part, different countries. 1982, I started studying history on my own, uh, seeing that the account of, say, the founding fathers uh, in history, along with most other academic teaching about social sciences, was really it was beyond bad it was a, it was an attack against civilization it was lies and i read hamilton and other uh, early leaders of the country and found that their own work their own thinking was way deeper and more humane and more scientific than the idiots writing about them or or lying about them in the eastern establishment and so at that point, you have to say, let's reconstruct history by going to the original sources and trying to find out what this fight was between the, uh, the American nationalists and earlier people who believed in a republic. But for me, I studied from the time of the founding of the country. Between them and this British faction, the London uh, imperialists and their Wall Street friends, this is the two sides in history, in our history since that time. And that's the basic fight in the world between these two sides, the nationalists versus that empire. Now, Anton, what was it that had Lyndon sparked? What, uh, this was after the JFK assassination. He, 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 what was it that kind of sparked this research that you, and I'm assuming he and this group that you mentioned, went down and said, well, wait a second, there's... There's influence here that is wasn't 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 weren't the British an enemy at one point? Yeah, the point the point is that the the founding strategy of the country was changed after the triple murder of the Kennedy brothers and Martin Luther King. Interesting. Uh, it was changed by the people like Rockefeller, Morgan. Uh, and the city of London, which conti- which continued having power, they changed London for the New Age into an offshore banking center. But this is the new imperialism, not done directly by force, but by other means. But the strategy changed, for example, bringing in radical environmentalism uh, to replace things like civil rights and workers' rights and higher living standards and scientific progress. The space program was shut down. Uh, nuclear power was 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 called evil and made people afraid of it. Even electricity was denounced for countries for people in Africa, for example, to say it's better for them to live a primitive life. It's more natural. All of these things are are really insane because the the founders of our country, and all the way up through the 19th century, and then. Franklin Roosevelt and John Kennedy believed in our founding mission, which these guys are now uh, renouncing, which is the idea that man should have power over nature 
to uplift the lives of the ordinary people and make them not only have good living standards and high wages, but make them be smart and independent citizens who could actually run their own government. That's not what these these empire people want. That's not what the imperial enemy that we fought against all throughout our history uh, in in London and New, and then later London and New York. Uh, that's not what they wanted. They want people to be believing that human beings are only animals that they can't they don't have a soul they they don't can aspire to the stars because if people have aspirations to become to be inventors to be scientists to be uh profound artists and to help and love one another to to accomplish these things then they won't put up with having oligarchs run their lives or or destroy their countries we one of the things that happened after the murders of the kennedy brothers was we got into uh, this idea of permanent war. Uh, Terrorism, partly sponsored by the oligarchs themselves, and then you have anti-terrorism, constant war. And and the enemy image of one country after another, all stupid. You know, there's no nation that's our enemy. That's wrong. No nation on earth is really the enemy of the United States. We have enemies like terrorist groups. And you deal with that by having the big countries work together to go back to doing the kind of industrial progress and scientific progress that, that helps everybody. And you deal with these terrorist groups as a police problem, close down their bank accounts, shut off their drug supply, and arrest the people that are sponsoring them who are in London and New York and Saudi Arabia. Don't, don't have wars where you're murdering people all the time and causing more terrorism. Get cooperation. Russia and China should be our allies. And this this is understood by all the great American leaders from the beginning of our country. Yeah, beautifully said, Anton. This is beautifully said. So historically, of course, if we look at... Uh, kind of the the controlling hands. Uh, obviously, this country is a uh, a product of uh, English speakers, and uh, you know most of the other Americas, uh, primarily Spanish and then Portuguese. But all of uh, those three languages root from civilizations that come from Europe. And and prior to these kind of European countries, that would be England. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to talk about the, the British influence here on the United States. Uh, from from your research angle, but we also have Germany and Italy, Spain, and, and all these different kind of France fractions uh-huh. of of Europe. But but that all stemmed from the uh, the Roman Empire. What was the Roman Empire? And and one of the one of the the main cogs and differences there that I think separates the United States uh, would be. Uh, would be would be that uh, the, the Roman Empire basically had mixed mixed uh, the control of state and the control of religion, um, and, and and that's a yeah. In the United States, we have we have freedom of religion. Now, what's also interesting is you mentioned the 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 Bank of England or, or uh, the city uh, in in London. Um, and uh, former guest, uh, been a few weeks, Richard Lighthouse. He actually he actually claims, and he says that Lloyd's Bank is uh, is the largest bank on the planet, based in London, and it's a hundred times uh, larger than uh, than the closest competitor, which is J.P. Morgan. But maybe you can talk. I, I know I've given I've given two different kind of angles there. I've given uh, you know the roots from the Roman Empire, which may be reflected through uh, how the British may be attempting, and maybe through your research, controlling uh, our way of life 
as Americans today. Um, that's kind of that's kind of one. And then and then I'm also kind of piggybacking back into um, you going off of uh, 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 the city of the city of London, which I, I don't think listeners really understand how powerful that is. Well, we we, we I just want to mention that we're having this interview because I've, I'm I'm writing a new book. And I, I sent that to you, and we, yes. the, the book is called American Prometheus, uh, Progress Versus Empire from Franklin to Kennedy. And it, it, it's the, it, the idea of progress is the founding mission of the United States. Uh, if you go back to the Roman Empire, uh, it was mixed because it wasn't dedicated to progress. It was dedicated to conquering other countries, and that was the downfall of Rome because it, it became poor as a result of not having its citizens be productive. They just looted other countries. The problem in the Dark Ages after the fall of Rome uh, was a lack of progress. The Renaissance and then later the Industrial Revolution that uh that I am going into in my book uh, gave us the idea that man is destined to have continual progress, to go upward and to find out his, his beautiful place in the universe. Uh, so the, the banking system that you have in the central bank of, of England uh, Bank of England and, and their system of, of banking, now the offshore banking criminal empire, yes, really. Right. Uh, that system is not our system. Our system in the United States, if we have a system, it's, it's the Constitution, but it's based on a founding idea, which is the progress of mankind's power over nature and the right of every human being to have a decent existence not just to vote or speak freely, but to have a good living and to have the, the ability to have a productive life. Now, I'm dividing uh, this, this study that I'm doing. Uh, the book is one-third done. The first, the first section is up on my website for people to read for free. The book's not finished, but that section, the first six chapters are done. The, 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 the three sections are the 18th, the 19th, and the 20th, 20th century, the 20th and beyond. The first section that's done has the first two points. There are five points in this book. The first two points are the Industrial Revolution that happened in England, which was not done by the Empire people. It was done by Benjamin Franklin and his friends, his own close circle of friends inside of England, who made the steam engine the canals, the, the, the first uh, 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 modern steel-making, discovered the chemical breakthroughs, Priestley and others. Uh, so they had this Industrial Revolution in England. That was the first step. The British Empire decided to then deny and stop those powers that the British had gotten uh, from any other country industrializing, to stop anyone else from getting that. And they, they turned into an aggressive machine for imposing uh, uh, backwardness on the rest of the world. So in, in the second point in, in the book and, and in this story 
is the USA uh, in, in, in the 1770s uh, and 80s having a revolution and setting up a government that's dedicated to, to uh, allowing us to go ahead and industrialize our country and become a great power against the wishes and against the furious interference all the time of the British Empire. We had to fight another war against them, the War of 1812, and they backed the slave owners against our government in the Civil War. So the, the third point uh, was after Jefferson, who adopted the British viewpoint about stopping U.S. industrialization, I go through his whole background, how that worked, how he got in with the British. Uh, but after the first industrialization was aborted, was stopped, we finally got industrialization going from 1815 to 1846. The Erie Canal, the, the, the railroads, the government of the United States protected our industries, invested in railroads, uh, and the military played a role, uh, and we, we finally broke out into industrialization. The, the fourth point is after the South was, was built up to, to, to wreck the country, was built up by... The, the British and Wall Street to to uh, impede and stop the development of our country uh, for for a couple of decades. Uh, we 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 won a civil war and and under Lincoln and and uh, strategists like Henry Carey, we built up the most astonishing growth of new inventions, the the steel industry, the the, the huge railroads, electricity. All of this backed by nationalists, by idealists, not Wall Street. Wall Street built no industries. Wall Street was the enemy. Wall Street was part of the British Empire. They were linked to London directly. But in this fourth point, during the, po the post-Civil War period, the United States reached out to other countries to spread these powers of, over nature, to industrialize, to help them, Germany, Japan, Russia and other countries, the United States helped. And the British were totally freaked out and, and got into war-making, uh, ultimately World War I, to turn those countries against the United States of America and to break up the, 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 the threat to the empire. The fifth point is the work of the later uh, leaders in the United States, Franklin Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy, from 1933 to 69, to, six, uh, to 60, well, really to 69, that's when we landed on the moon. And at that point, you could, you could date the end of this whole uh, uh, era. But Kennedy uh, continued FDR's proposals for developing all of mankind. He, he was a complete anti-imperialist, as was Roosevelt. Yeah. And so this is, after that, of course, the Democratic Party goes to hell, and uh, the Republican Party uh, under Nixon becomes a Southern strategy racist thing. Mm. And so what do you have? The Democratic Party is subservient to Wall Street, as, as Hillary Clinton was in mm -hmm. her campaign, and this insanity about Russia recently. I mean, where are the people fighting for the poor people and the workers? Where are the people trying to get peace in the world and trying to get progress? Why, why have we no modern society here we're, we're we've become a stupid country we don't have high-speed trains we don't have the space program right. 
We don't have industries. Where's our steel mills? Where's our modern industries? What's going on? How did this happen? In order to remedy this, you have to bring people a completely different conversation about what we did that was magnificent and how we did it. Who did that? Who created these industries? Who got us our progress? According to both Adam Smith and Karl Marx, both, they claim that cruel capitalists out to make money also caused the development of these modern machines and industries and sciences because they just happened to invest in things that caused progress without even wanting to help anybody. This is completely false. Nothing like that ever happened. No industry was ever created that way. Uh, and and you know, like the railroads, Wall Street built no railroads. They took them over and destroyed them, lowered the wages and caused a lot of chaos. Now we don't have any railroads. But it was patriots and the government who built the railroads. Same thing with canals. Same thing with the steel industry. Same thing with uh, all of our sciences. Uh, the last great enterprise of the USA, we, there were two inventions in the mid-19th century, mid-20th century, that we should have been going all the way with nuclear power and space travel. As, as, following fission, you have fusion in the nuclear science. This was This was stopped in the USA. Now, at the present time, China in particular is is doing what the USA used to do. They're they're fulfilling the role that we had in the past, uh, building up modern times in many countries. We should be allies of China and Russia and India and Brazil and South Africa. All the big countries should work together to build up modern civilization. Why not? That's the way you save the world is have civilization. It should be tried. It's a good idea. Absolutely. Hey, Anton, would you say that the United States is blindly at war with British bankers? Would that be a fair statement to suggest or make? I'd say that when Trump ran for president, he put out certain uh, uh, themes like protecting U.S. industry and stopping the, the regime change uh, wars and having uh, uh, normal relations with Russia, which completely freaked out the establishment. What he has done as president is it, it may be something different, and the idea that a man of his limited, to put it mildly, characteristics as a leader would be voted for is 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 only a result of how awful the Democrats were in putting up a credible alternative. Uh, but I supported those themes, and I wrote an article uh, some time ago, uh, in, I think 19, 2017, about the coup that was run, the, the attempted coup d'état against Trump from before he even came into the White House, echoing the coup d'etat against John Kennedy. Trump is no Kennedy, but it's the same motivation for the people attacking him. K 
Kennedy uh, had two uh, famous, at the time, opponents. Uh, Alan Dulles, head of CIA, and mm-hmm. Lyman Lemnitzer, head of the Pentagon. Both of them were allied to... Well, Alan Dulles was the chief lawyer for the Wall Street interests, and he and his brother were, were the chief lawyers for the union of uh, uh, the Wall Street London bankers and Hitler's government. That's yeah. how bad Dulles was. Yeah. Uh, I wrote that about that a lot in the book... Um, uh, Treason in George America. Bush, the unauthorized biography on Treason oh, in America. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also Lyman Lemnitzer. There was a there was a uh, a movie that came out in uh, in uh, 1962 uh, called um, Seven Days in May. It was about a, it was a, supposed to be a fictional account of a coup d'état, an attempted overthrow of the government by the military. The movie was made out of the book by that name with the cooperation of President Kennedy himself. Uh, They even filmed some of it in the White House. And it was a true story because that's what was going on. It was a coup by not just the military, but by this faction, this pro-British, pro-imperial faction that hated Kennedy, that used the CIA and the military and the FBI, that those establishment tools to murder Kennedy. Now, you have to understand what happened after Kennedy was murdered to understand the murder. You, a detective always asks, who benefits from a crime? Right. Right? So what, if you look to see what happened afterwards, radical environmentalism and stopping the idea of progress is is the program of this New York and London bankers establishment. They are the ones who paid for the the environmentalist movement. And uh so what's the idea? The the World Wildlife Fund was founded in 196 April 61 right after Kennedy came in. Kennedy was a total anti-imperialist. And he thought that Africa in particular had the right to have modern times. When he was uh, president, the first head of state who came to visit him was Kwame Nkrumah, president of Ghana. And they, they worked together right away to get U.S. and other financing for a dam that was built on the Volta River to get electricity for mm-hmm. West Africa to, to allow them to industrialize, something the British had never allowed. Wow. They're gonna, supposed to be kept primitive. Today we wouldn't agree with that. Today we'd say let the, the uh, rhinoceroses have a chance to go to the undisturbed river to drink. <laughs> we don't care if the children starve to death or there's no hospitals, <laughs> right? Yeah. Who cares about those black people anyway? That's the idea. Sure. That's, that's it. That's Prince Philip. That's Prince Bernard, and that's David Rockefeller. So they set up this World Wildlife Fund. Kennedy was talking about the crisis in Africa with Lumumba being murdered previously by the CIA just before he got in office, with these countries being poor that had been uh, robbed of their people in the slave trade and brutalized under colonialism, he said there's a crisis there. And the World Wildlife Fund said, yes, there is a crisis in Africa. It's the crisis of the rhinoceroses, Mm -hmm. not of the people. 
people in America need to look to their own souls, especially younger people, to understand what what where what happened to compassion for other human beings. There's no compassion in this generation to the extent that you go with an establishment program. The establishment says there's to be no physical progress of mankind, and you're going to have wars all the time to suppose, uh, pretending to be promoting democracy, where millions and millions will be slaughtered, and you'll have the excuse that you're opposing brutal dictators. And, and in each case, uh, it's all based on lies. You have to stop the wars and go back to, you have to go back first to a conversation about what we were. Trump says, let's make America great again, but doesn't explain what that is. That, that doesn't help anybody. It, it, people make up their own idea about what it was. So it was great when everybody was white or something like that. Or it's great when everybody uh, uh, worked in a steel mill. Well, that is great. That was good. Those are good jobs. They got high wages. But what was the character of the country and how did that come about? How did we get the achievements? That's what's in this book. Now, the book that I'm writing, which is partly done, is, is available up to the point of its present completion on the website uh, that I set up a week ago. It's called AntonChakin.com. And you can go there and you can just read the book, uh, the first six chapters. Uh, I have, uh, you can leave a comment. You can get in touch with me through the website. Or you can take my email, which is AntonChakin at gmail.com. Uh, but I, I would encourage people to look at that. There's a guide to the chapters. I have a special chapter five about the British role in the French Revolution, which mm. I think has never been done before, about how the British brought anarchy and, and, and uh, bloodshed into France, sponsoring the worst terrorists like Marat and these other clowns that, that caused so much uh, uh, Necker, yeah, Necker was the was the financier who who blamed the king's overspending instead of the British Free Trade Treaty for what the poverty and and disaster of France. And he was an enemy of the United States. France had been an ally of our country in the Revolution, and the British uh, wanted to break up that alliance. I also go into what happened in Ireland, crucial, before the U.S. set up its government. Ireland had a revolution along with the USA, and it was largely directed by Benjamin Franklin, who was working closely with Irish nationalist leaders. Uh, and the, the Irish wanted to protect their industries and, and get, build up modern industries, and the British were calculating how to stop that. This is all crucial to understanding why our country – when we set up our republic and had our first president, uh, Washington, and yeah. his secretary of treasury, Hamilton, we had a founding program, economic program, of the United States. And it was put forward by Hamilton, and it was a program to build up the industry of the United States with uh, in things, using things like high tariffs, government uh, sponsorship and payment for canals and later railroads, uh, and having a national bank that could undercut 
the speculators and make sure that investments, private and public, go into productive industry so that you don't have collapses all the time like we do periodically now when Wall Street just goes crazy. It's not socialism, and it's not free trade. Both of those things are uh, are off of the direction that the classic idea of a republic gives you, going all the way back in time to Greece and to, Rome, you know, to other other parts of, of human achievement. Our our leadership it, at these points that I've brought out, going back to Franklin and forward to all, all the best leaders, Lincoln and others, yeah. is based on this idea of man's uh, noble character. And in, in, in being made in the image of God, yeah. uh, and people who, who, who are, you know, religious fanatics and, and are, have some ideology based on that for, for God knows what, miss the point that man has these rights, and these rights have to be defended by an activist government. Yes. Uh, that is not controlled by these oligarchs, these bankers, or else the government be- becomes the enemy. But the government per se is never an enemy. That's ridiculous. If it's an elected government, it, 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 you need that to defend the rights of the people to have progress. You'll never have progress unless people can have their own nation and defend their nation. And, and to understand the positive character of this gets you a, a long way towards solving anything. For example, Trump says we've we got to have a wall on our southern border. The liberals say, oh, we, there's no problem with this thing. People are desperate they should come to the United States. Well, why don't you solve the problem? Why are there millions of people right. desperate to get into the United States. Is the United States that great a country? No. Relative to the places they come from, it is. But the point is, why can't we reverse this insane policy of making every other country poor? Why don't we have high-wage jobs and modern industries in Central America and Mexico? Build up those countries to be modern. Henry Kissinger said, we don't want that. David Rockefeller, we don't want that. The British always tried to keep these countries poor and subservient, and Wall Street followed their cue. Uh, Kissinger said, we don't want a Japan south of the border. Why not? Hmm. Wouldn't it be better for Mexico to have high-wage modern right. industry? Of course. They wouldn't, why should they be forced to come here to get a job? Right. And you're working in a collective and collaborative manner. Uh, rather than uh, trying to suppress y- your right. neighbor, uh, Anton, uh, what's what since since you have uh, gone down this road? It's now decades long. You've basically, as you mentioned, you've been writing this book collectively for uh, over the course of more than three decades. Uh, what is the most alarming thing that you have discovered? Um, in, 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 in your time traveling this road. I, I'm sorry. Can you, can you repeat that? I, the phone was breaking up. Sure. No. Uh, what, is, what, is the most, what is the most alarming thing that you have discovered 
uh, uh, it, 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 since you've been researching what you've been researching? Is that a, is I, that is that a fair question to ask? Because you know you. you it is. It is. Yeah. I think that the the uh, there's. T- I would put that in two sides, positive and negative. Good. Uh, the the most uh, exciting and 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 disturbing, but but exciting thing, is that all of history is it, it, it features a central fight between strategists who are um who are uh, uh aiming to do something with the world and these two sides are not just one of them has one idea and the other has an opposing idea the two sides are in, in this era is generally these nationalists who are humane and looking to have industrial and scientific progress and and believed in a republic and protectionism for their country as against the empire people you have but you have this all the way back through history city builders on one side and the worst evil empires on the other side uh but in in our history this contest is a mortal and and brutal and bitter thing uh, on the other side, uh, if, the, the, the sort of depressing thing here is the response of people that have no idea of this, and then you get uh, attacked for discussing this basic problem in history. Uh, people denounce conspiracy theories, that is, this establishment does. What does that mean? It means to them. It means that when when the New York Times or their uh, or other instruments of these banking groups uh, say that so and so is involved in a conspiracy, that is a criminal conspiracy. If I say that the bankers who have offshore accounts. Uh, were were developed by the Bank of England in the 1920s and later. One of the things they developed along that road was fascism as a project, first in Austria, then Italy, then then Germany. That was a project of the Bank of England. That would be denounced by these same people as a conspiracy theory, and it's 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 uh, something that no one should should think about. You're not allowed to think about these things. Uh, so these are completely illogical points of view that are promoted and, and taught in our schools, along with things like radical environmentalism, along with identity politics, things like this. Instead of a, a, a look, a, a searching look by those who are becoming educated at the good the beautiful, the profound that has uh, been come from uh, a passionate uh, life again and again of one after another human being who is a scientist, who is a statesman, who is an artist, who is a, who is a classical musician, uh, uh, who, who have taken mankind forward. History is 
is that kind of biography. It's not. It, it, it's never sociology. It never things don't just happen. People make things happen based yeah. on ideas, based on passion. And it, the 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 main idea in history, the thing that really drives it, is the good. If the good people are a minority in terms of power in history, so what? That's where we got our progress from. It was from people trying to do good and, and accomplishing that. They might have been martyrs. They might have lost you know, their, their powers. They might have been tortured or killed. But they won in the sense that mankind made progress. That's the idea of Prometheus. And that's where the title of the book comes from. Wonderful. America acted in that way, classically. We don't right now, but that that's that's our that was the greatness that we you know we were privileged in in many ways to be able to do that, and it was exciting. People had exciting lives. Edison had an exciting life. Lincoln had an exciting life until he was murdered. Uh, Franklin was called the Prometheus of modern times. Prometheus stole fire from the gods. Right. Zeus, Zeus, you could say, is a symbol of the powerful families, the oligarchy, that hates mankind. He's not like our idea of God. He's not compassionate in the, in the sense that where he's fighting against what Prometheus is doing. Prometheus gave fire to mankind to make man stronger so yeah. he could stand up to Zeus. And uh, the arts of civilization come from that, metalworking and, and science and so forth. So if you have these two characteristics of, of, of good goodness, one of them is genius and the other is love and cooperation. If you put those two things together, that's the basis of our civilization, not, you know, displacing native peoples or or right. slavery you know people write about slavery that that's what built up america what an insane idea slavery was mass murder slavery held america back america wasn't built on slavery the southern slave owners were were constantly in the in the under the control of wall street and london they were in debt all the time and they were, to the extent that they were radicals, they tried to destroy the United States for a long time. They stopped railroads. They stopped every kind of progress. That wasn't the interest of the South. It was the interest of, of a group of dumb oligarchs, local oligarchs in the USA, allied to imperial oligarchs. And so to say that slavery built the United States... It is not just wrong, it's so ignorant, because look at what actually happened. Who was Henry Clay? Who was, uh, who was uh, Henry Carey? What was Alexander Hamilton doing? What were, the, what were the tariffs that caused the first steel mills to be built? How did the railroads be built? The first 60 railroads in America were designed by army engineers. Slavery didn't build those railroads. Love it. South Carolina actually was the scene of one of those first railroads because there were people in South Carolina who thought maybe they could have another destiny instead of slavery. They were defeated by the oligarchy. Uh, Calhoun, the southern, famous southern 
politician actually changed from being a an American nationalist, a progressive man, to after he was he was threatened by this oligarchy and 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 showed that he couldn't get anywhere unless he went with their program, uh, uh, became a bitter fanatic against the United States for slavery. Uh, Jefferson, uh, why did he block? Why did he block this? He was a Southerner, but he was also for against slavery and for uh, the declaration. He wrote the first draft of the Declaration of sure. Independence. At a certain point, he changed. He had a bad uh, term as governor. He he fled from the the battle zone. The, the British invaded Virginia, and he he just fled uh, as governor. And and he had a bad reputation, and he. He was given a chance to be a representative of Southern politics, and he went off to study how he could get away with that and solve, salve his conscience. And he went to to Paris as U.S. ambassador there uh, right after the revolution, and uh, he got in with the British. He got in with the new radical liberal British Empire. He was taught directly for months. By Dougald Stewart, uh, who was a, a tutor for the for for Lord Shelburne and and uh, an integral part of the British establishment and intelligence, and and he's teaching Jefferson, who's a very clever man, about how you can put forward a a a theory of economics called free trade, uh, and be against manufacturing for America. Let the British do the manufacturing. Let America just be backward and have slavery. But we'll call this the new science of economics called free trade. And that is our economics today, believe it or not. That's what's taught in the universities. This radical nonsense against the USA is taught as, uh, as academic economics, that the wealthy investors should be allowed to do whatever they please with their money and that will that probably will cause progress as it has in the past and you're not allowed to interfere with that in any way or even guide it right and it's all nonsense nothing like that ever happened never it never worked that way if you if you guide investors to make profit from building productive industries, things will work out okay. If you don't, they'll simply turn to crime, which is what the system is based on now. Right. Incredible message, Anton. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the American Prometheus, uh, Anton Chaikin. Anton, do you have some parting words for listeners? Get some fights started about this. That's what I, I really want to see. I want to see some discussions. And let's have fun with this. You Take this into colleges. Take this into high schools. Take this into town hall. Why is America so backward? You've got to get back to this story about how we made ourselves a great country. We did it by generosity to our own people and by sharing technology with the world. Uh, and and uh, that's that's going to take some real courage. People have to yeah. be able to say right. there's something basically wrong 
with what we're doing, which is not the legitimate character of the United States. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Beautifully said. Anton, looking forward to inviting you back on the program. Thank you for joining Discussions of Truth. Thank you, Ian. Ladies and gentlemen, Anton Chaikin, uh, just an absolutely incredible uh, mind and researcher and uh, contribution to um, to society and the world and very fortunate to uh, to have him join the program. I will be right back with some closing thoughts uh, right after this. Enjoy uh, enjoy a little Metallica as 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 usual. Okay, and Best Nature's amazing Canadian organic soap company. That's one of the products they make, high-quality soaps. Uh, natural, pure, organic skin care made by Mother Nature. That is what they dedicate their products to. Best Nature's, each guest on Discussing the Truth, receives a complimentary mailing of their one of their great and amazing products next week Dennis Bushnell will be joining the program climate change is in urgency Halifits the Sahara desert water waste clean lessening oil dependency those are all items that he'll be discussing and again David Act joining the program April 10th American Prometheus Anton Chaikin. AntonChaikin.com. That is A-N-T-O-N-C-H-A-I-T-K-I-N.com. His book is free for you to read. This has been Discussions of Truth. Wednesday, 5 o'clock, right here on Wednesday, uh, Winwood Radio. I am your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. And until next week, me awesome.